Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is McEnroe, a.k.a. Rod Bailey. This is Peanuts and Corn Podcast. I've lost track of what episode this is, but I am really excited to be hanging out with my friend, BJ Gross, a.k.a. The Gumshoe Strut, the GS. Hi. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to hear your voice. It's been a while since we've been in the same place, I think. Maybe, I don't know, it might be like six years have i seen you since the we did my last the last time i played a show well it would have been when we recorded uh danny's oh, okay so danny's that's, record, all the features for danny's record. yeah so maybe maybe four years ago uh, much more recently um so we got lots to play here we're gonna do um go through your whole career and all that kind of stuff and i'm really excited about it because what i've been doing recently is um i've been digitizing all my vinyl and i digitized all my tapes and including digitizing my tapes i was able to come across some demos from a lot of different people including yeah yours truly no wait i'm yours truly including you and so i want to start off with some music right off the bat and then we're going to get into the whole you know what why you started rapping who you started working with all that stuff but let's listen you know this is the part where we uh have a have a good laugh not a laugh i mean this is all fine but this is uh this is your first demo that i ever heard i think you sent it to me and i'm a pack rat so i still have it and uh, that is insane (laughs) and i don't i didn't get a track listing so i don't know what the song is called but it's over a ghetto concept beat so let's check this out Sights all broken in the shadows. A washed up rap hole. Maybe I will go without the mentos. 
So what was that? Do you remember what that song was called? You just wrote some verses and laid it down. Just wrote some verses and laid them down. It's pretty dope. So I would, I'm going to guess it was like 97, 98. Does that sound right? 96, maybe? Yeah, I'm by the sound of my voice and just considering I know where I would have recorded, which obviously would have been at my mom's house, but I'm thinking 96, 97, probably 97. So at this time, and you remember giving me this demo? Nope. Cool. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I remember, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of things during that time that I remember. I remember asking Tyler for a beat yeah, uh, so I could perform in my high school yeah, uh, with Joe, John Smith, Smitty, uh, yeah. Bazooka Joe at the time. Um, that's the one thing I remember. So I'm, I'm sure I did give a demo at some point. Obviously did. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Because I think it was around the same time where I got demo from you and then I got a separate, very sim- similar idea demo from, from Joe. Okay. Him also rapping over, you know, just instrumentals. I think he was rapping over like uh, the Roots clones or something. I'm not sure what exactly, but same kind yeah. of idea, just rapping over 12 inch instrumentals. And yeah, I think what, what we what I had it was a karaoke machine, one of those karaoke machine stereo type of deals with the dual tape deck and CD player that you could just record into. It had a mic input, so right. Yeah. So. So then, how did it, how'd the show go? At so, what did you did did Tyler give you a beat for for your high school? He did. He did. He actually came through. He he's the one that actually taught me to count bars. Yeah. Uh, because he asked, so how do you need the track laid out? And I said, what do you mean? I don't, I don't. And then he told me how to count bars. <laughs> so I went back and counted my bars on my verses and came back. Yeah, he hooked up a really dope beat actually. Is that right? I wish I still had it, but. <laughs> And so, so this is what you're in grade, what, 11, 12, something like that? Yeah, it would have been, I think, uh, end of grade 11 or early grade 12. It was like a talent show type thing. There was three performances. I was obviously the weirdest one. But you but, killed it, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Joe just, you know, I met him outside the school. He walked in because he, he didn't go to the same high school as me. So he just showed up, okay. invited him in, and he was on, on the, the mic track. and then peaced out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was, was your, fun. So that was your first uh, quote unquote show? Yeah, that would have been it. Yeah. Wicked. Uh, okay. So then um, jumping forward, you gave me another thing. Um, and I'm not sure how much later, but it was, it's this weird cover thing and it says Corner Craft. Yeah. What can you tell me about that? That probably would have been about maybe two years after that. That was when. Uh, myself, General Gist, so a longtime friend of mine. Uh, you know, we grew up with um, uh, Joe, Bazooka Joe. And yeah, we were always goofing around. And this was me just goofing around with uh, General Gist, making making weird beats. And I would be writing these weird raps and then just goofing around all evening or whatever it was recording these super super duper strange tracks and learning how to learning how to record learning how to use a four track and even learning how to use the sampler that i had that you know listening to one of your recent podcasts just total loops and playing out the loops things like that so yeah all right well let's check out this track and i don't have a track listing for this either but um let's let's there's lots of good songs on here weird like you say i guess because you're learning and all that but let's check this out Thank you. 
That's wild. But I can hear <laughs> but I can hear your style a lot more distinctly. Like between the demo and that, you're a lot closer to who you would become, wouldn't you say? I would definitely say so. Yeah. Um, do you remember what that song's called? I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I even named those songs. I don't know if you did either. I'm trying to find. I'm just looking now because I took pictures of all the tapes that I ripped. So I'm wondering if it's on there. But um, the, the one thing I remember about that cover was I was. It was one of those uh, cut and paste. Like I found a picture on the ground, you know, out for a walk or whatever, and yeah. just found this weird picture and cut up pieces of this picture and. I don't know. It was like kind of one of those uh, put together things. A kid had, I, I made a kid have a beard. Yeah. There's yeah, two people with stuff. the beards. It's called Corner Craft, No Pussy Foot and Demo. I'm looking at the pictures now. Okay. I think that song is actually called Untitled because I think it's the last <laughs> song on side two. There's songs called The Crumbling Giant, Going My Way, Say Cheese, Now Roll Over, Day of the Dead, Why Are You Talking Like That, and Untitled. <laughs> And um, I didn't take a picture of the inside, but I can... Oh, yes, I did. Cornercraft is the gumshoe strut and Rex General laughing at you. This demo was not made necessarily to prove something to you who is reading this, but rather to prove something to myself respectively. Invisible risks not a factor any longer, growing stronger, thus meaning how I once felt unsure compared to those who are so confident. I'm now sure of one thing. To you, I have nothing to prove except my presence. Gumshoe strut, grr. That's cool. Holy shit. 
That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. You know what? Honestly, I'm so bad at archiving my own music and organizing my own stuff that yeah, I don't have a, a you know a physical copy of that myself. Right. I know. I believe Yai does. And so I, I wouldn't have read the, those liner notes or any of those track title tracks for so long. So it's so weird hearing you read that. <laughs> so you put that, you made that demo and did you sell it or did you, what did you do with it? Do you remember? No, we, we, we wouldn't have sold anything like that. That was just uh, something we put together. It was kind of just fun to visualize ourselves making, making tapes, making records or whatever it was. Right. And handing them out as demos so i know i had given a uh, copy obviously to yourself i believe pip skid gruff um you know some of the other homies anybody else who i could just hand them out to so there's probably maybe was 10 copies in existence right and so guessing. around the same time because this feels like it would be maybe 98 99 something like that and around the same time your good buddy danny aka yai also had his demo, which was yeah. very similar. Like you guys had similar things going on. I, did you know him at that point? Because he had this, uh, the balance of the artisans thing, which we played on his, you know, we did a po podcast with him. It's mm -hmm. very, you know, it's very similar. It's like, uh, you know, it's got a weird sound and it's really different and interesting. And the cover is interesting. And it's just all like you both... If you're not already working together, then it seems like destiny to me. You know what I mean? To, to both yeah. be doing such weird demos of stuff at the same time. It was it was a destiny thing. We we met through uh, Bazooka Joe, John Smith, Joe, um, and I'm gonna stop saying all three different names yeah. from now on. Yeah. But yeah, no, we met through Joe, and uh, it was one of those things where I was always goofing around, and I know Joe had met. Danny, I don't know if he met him through you or not, um, or how that relationship came about, but he shared one of Danny's demos with us, and I believe he did the same thing on the other end, and we ended up all hanging out, and that was kind of the start of this whole Your Brother and My Backpack collective that we sort of formed from there. Yeah. And uh, Danny and I just sort of, you know, like you said, coming from similar approaches, both putting in work had ambition to you know do this as you know a pretty strong hobby obviously right and just play with music as much as much as possible get stuff out and and i wouldn't i you know in retrospect i don't know if i would say ready but felt ready to uh yeah what's take ready? a next step right what, and put some stuff out there what's ready yeah I exactly mean. no you're right <laughs> totally there's no rules right um so well that's so then you so then you start hanging out and you start to form like this collective called your brother in my backpack I, that's when i think i start to kind of know more about you i guess because i was working with joe so on my end i mean joe had kind of entered my orbit and i saw him as someone who could fill a void because farm fresh was basically breaking up and joe was interested in you know anything he wanted to get on stage he wanted to rap he was down to be my yeah. hype man to start and i was kind of going off on my own and so then i heard through but he was all over, like you know he was in the scene in many ways and he was friends with all you guys and telling me about that he's like i'm in this other thing called your brother in my backpack and keeping me up on all that as well as playing with like dj abel and all that kind of thing so yeah. um tell me the story of making the milch and allegra ep 
So that would be me and Danny, uh, like we were talking about getting getting ready and starting to want to play shows, things like that. So we started recording some demos as your brother in my backpack. We had a couple posse cuts or variations of uh, the different artists that were in your brother in my backpack. So for reference, that was uh, myself, Danny, Yai, um, Nestor Winrush, who was then known as uh, Satchel Page. He might even, it was just Ness at that point. Yeah. And, uh, and John Smith. And of course, the, our DJ at the time, General Gist. So we would have been just goofing around, making tapes in the basement, and then started playing shows and didn't really have any other music that we were working on at the time. Specifically, would probably just be writing things here and there, odd solo songs. And then we were set to play a show in Saskatoon. I think it was going to be our first out of town show. Yeah. Going to Saskatoon to, I believe, open for you guys. Um, and we we were asked to come along and didn't realize that we needed to hook up our own ride okay <laughs> and so <laughs> i guess the day came or whatever to to go or the day before or whatever it was and it came up like okay well how meet, you guys meet you there you or something <laughs> yeah it was like how you guys rolling there i was like oh wait we're not i thought we had we were coming with you guys yeah, but you need to get your own ride there. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So we didn't, we weren't able to pull that, pull that together in the short period of time. And so we just decided, you know what? We we're gonna we're gonna make the best of this. We went down to um, Masawa, a local Eritrean restaurant, and grabbed some food and just started that weekend. And you know, neither of us had, you know, a lot going on, like in terms of you know some big deal jobs or anything like that. Super young, think like just turned 20 yeah um so yeah we just we hold up in his, his in his uh his his place at the time and started writing these weird songs and you know morphed in we were kind of thinking like let's do this track or this thing over the course of this weekend we'll get it out and all that kind of stuff but inevitably took a bit longer than that and having the means at home to record and things like that it ended up uh, becoming like what, a month or so that we spent putting it together but yeah yeah, that was that was the making of Milch and Allegra. Well, let's play a song. This one's called Sleep With These um, from Milch and Allegra, which is Gumshoe Strut and Yai and General Gist, right? Is he is he a member of Milch and Allegra? Is Milch and Allegra yeah, a no, group? absolutely. Who's so Milch and been, who's Allegra? He would have been killing those cuts and executive producing all these tracks. All right, so let's listen to this. This is Sleep With These. Think about jumping off of the roof, parachuting down a gracious ride like cruise control, refusing all other assistance, safety procedures unlisted. I'm hard headed and don't listen to one's peak unless it's boomerang directed, destined for home like a walk around the block. Speaking in poem structure and maybe a watch, but still have no idea what you're saying. By clock, they're off and right on schedule. Next up, next up, the deep end, adrenaline rush, wind seeping into my skin like smut with one foot on the ground. No stretching to touch that now, such a profound experience to clutch release by its handle. One thousand meters above. Of sea level and no fear of smearing the gravel Up in the saddle, full control, battling the fold Persistence of life, nine gone in one drop of the needle Drop of the animal, drop the people, crunch like a beetle Beneath twelve different sizes and enjoyed like a cheap thrill If you will, brother, could you please spare a dollar bill So I can deconstruct this 
downward spiral and throw me some vinyl so I can hover and ride till my will collapses inside killed in the fact written up on the bill see me climb it like a hill and fall like a torrential downpour of pillage of rain racking on my brain like dope with the beats like dope with the beats filling time with ink on the sheets and these are what I sleep with what a creep what a creep what a creepy presentation of me wordless and worthless with banter not made for TV what a creepy presentation of me wordless and worthless with banter not made for TV now jerk adverse sensation and don't take how I feel into consideration my creation speaks for itself I shake a leg ride my bike feel the health making a comeback be patient soon I will be chasing one lap and hot on the tail of provoking interaction causing cackling voices to crack open my battling choices like organic soy versus dangling pork on a hoist it's tempting to give it up give it up like noise I'm talking forth or bust I guess voice it or shut up I guess voice it my points are shut up it's either dry walk or slush a slap in the face or a punch in the mush the gumshoe strut touches life before Morning, my death hush. And if you knew me three years ago, I'm still carrying that same crutch. What a creepy presentation of me, wordless and worthless with banter, not made for TV. What a creepy presentation of me, wordless and worthless with banter, not made for TV. And jerk that for sensation. Don't take how I feel into consideration. My creation speaks for itself. I shake a leg, ride my bike, feel the health, making a comeback. Be patient. Soon I will be chasing one lap. sleep with these so i wanted to ask you about that track because that is the you know i've listened to your beats for a long time and you know you're a producer i'm a producer but that's the only uh one that i can say well that baseline been used by somebody else did you know that house of pain used that baseline at the time or did you know even now nope <laughs> <laughs> no idea Good call. I'm, um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not the greatest at that, unless I've, you know, um, at, at calling out samples. Yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. And like, I'm, I would just kind of bring it up just because I'm interested in like your production. And I, and I asked you this because I helped you like master your new album and all that about what your production influences are or were even at that time, if you can remember. It just seems like you always had an unconventional style. Uh, I think unconventional probably just in some senses you know a lot of the music that we were listening to at the time was super weird rap yeah and so you know there was a lot of influences seeping in from the stuff that we were listening to and then just it's the learning process right so the learning process is i mean i i didn't grow up you know learning any instruments or anything like that as a as a kid or a teenager um it was all just learning on the fly in terms of how things fit together even learning about you know how to count count count, count bars, bars. Sure. things like that right so i mean by the time i started making beats um yeah that all these beats would have been part of that learning process in, in the early stages right and uh do you remember what kind of equipment you're using to make beats at, at this time or was it a computer or were you using a sampler or at this time, it's, it would have been a sampler hooked up with a drum machine using MIDI. So okay. syncing those two together and Do you you know, definitely what sampler expanding. Would be? Uh, it was a Yamaha something. Oh, I can't remember. There was a, a finger, a sliding finger track on it. Okay. Um, to adjust stuff. I think there was like eight, eight pads or something like like small little pads that you could you know use as uh, sample banks or whatever yeah um but yeah i don't remember what the what the model was but it would have been hooked up with like a boss drum machine right yeah. 
And when you say you're listening to weird rap at that time, like, do you have an example or some examples of what, you know, like, what were you listening to? This is like, two, uh, you know, like, 2000. I'm, I'm probably thinking back to like things like Anticon and, right, you know, things in that, in that realm. Yeah. Like Buck 65 and, um, you know, some of those guys like 6'2 and some of the, the off kilter kind of stuff that, you know, a lot of those guys were making. Yeah. Uh, so then you put out the Milton Allegra and I remember loving it um, right from the get go and think it's a great EP. It still is. And it's, and you put it, is it still up on Bandcamp? Yeah. Yeah. I left it up there. <laughs> okay. Leave it up. It's a good one. So, yeah. No, you know, it was one of those things where it was the 20 year, uh, you know, kind of, we realized it was 20 years. And so I figured, you know what? I'm going to put it up there for a limited time. And, you know, there was, there's people, people, listen to it like regularly you know checking like the band camp stats or whatever and yeah you know people people tune into it you know yeah pretty regularly so it's interesting so now you're um so you've got a record out and it came out on tape i think originally and then and and you guys were what hand painting the tapes and just oh yeah we uh it was all it was super diy so my my good friend uh carl he uh, drew up the covers or the, the cover art um, or the cover image. Anyway, we put that uh, orange frame around it. And I think on the tapes, uh, the, the, the covers, I would have printed off some stickers off some sticker sheets, cut yeah. those and then placed them on the inside to do the track listing. So I didn't have to print double side um, and line that kind of stuff up. And then uh, Danny's brother hand painted probably about, 20 or 30 uh tape label sheets yeah. for us and so that's what we used for the for the for the tapes so you know distinguishing side a from side b wasn't a thing <laughs> it yeah. was just it was what it was but it was super cool and super interesting and didn't didn't really see much of that at that time so i thought you know we were kind of doing something cool with that people commented well on it so yeah it's super Super yeah, it was cool. cool. I mean, because we had been off tapes for a few years, so, you know, um, it was good to see someone doing something, you know, handmade and unique. Well, again. yeah, I mean, at that time, still making, C you know, burning CDs and, you know, getting to that whole stage wasn't really a thing yet for us, just because the means to doing it weren't there. But yeah, dubbing you, tapes You was... had to either, yeah, you had to either press a CD at that point or, I mean, burners were like, just coming out and they're really expensive exactly exactly and i think for my next album uh that's when you know started look, getting more into that kind yeah. of side of things so you're playing shows as well i assume and um you kind of start to get into our circle a little more at this point now that you're um you know you've got music out and you're you obviously we're all you know going to each other's shows and doing that kind of thing and um so the next thing that I wanted to play was you jumping on a track uh, that I produced with Pip Skid. Do you remember kind of first meeting him and just talking about doing songs together? Yeah, I don't remember the you know first meeting Pip Skid, but I remember you know having some some interesting conversations, and I remember you know him giving me some really cool cool response and feedback uh, when I gave him that corner craft tape. Yeah, um, one of the songs that you know he picked he he called out on that one 
was my favorite song on that as well so i think there was just like a, a cool little connection that i was able to make with him through that yeah and uh you know i think he saw some some opportunity to you know help out some young cats and and get some some new people in the fold and offered me the opportunity to jump on this track he gave me a weird concept <laughs> it's, a, it's a very weird concept i mean the whole album is weird concepts i still remember getting some of the demos and being like what what is this so this song is called towel snap uh let's listen to it and then maybe i'll have you try to explain explain the concept because i i'm not even sure i understand it 20 years later let's check it out Sweaty got in the mat, camouflage, homoerotic, adrenaline combat. 
strap with the gate on a scrambler in hot athletic nectar. Giving off more bling bling than a bicycle reflector. Out of the crowd catching kisses blown from Adrian Adonis. Which later gave you mono and to your buddies you were dishonest. In a circle gather round a marshmallow ready to beat it. The last one to come on the white target he has to eat it. I've seen rap videos that look like softcore gay porn. Iron being pumped, sweat coming out with holes torn. These bad boys shall receive three wet lashes no less. Right after your crew hold you down and shit's on your chest your team's crest. A non-contact hickey, the distant love tap. An awkward attraction, it brings a towel snap. Those red spots on your ass are like a map, leading directly to your whole courtesy of the wet towel snap. Why are we waiting? We must be masturbating. Why are we waiting? He must be masturbating. Why are we waiting? He must be masturbating. Snap, that's Pip Skid from Friends Forever featuring the Gumshoe Strut. What the heck is that song about? Well, uh, homoeroticism. Right. That, that would be the word that I would use to describe that. Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, I think my, my inkling is that he probably, there was a few songs that I had released earlier on, one of them probably being back on Cornercraft, where, you know, I kind of had this thing, you know, about calling out, uh, macho and you know gross type of people yeah and so you know i think he got me on that song possibly as uh because of that um but yeah it gave me that idea you know like calling out you know sort of like that locker room culture and the homoeroticism that exists there you know initiation rituals that you know a lot of these uh i don't know about a lot of but you know a lot of sports teams i guess maybe wow. uh, partake in or whatever it might be i don't know you know what i mean but kind of kind of coming at it from that angle yeah were you ever um like i never played hockey i know i know patrick did pips kid so he he saw that stuff firsthand did you play hockey or did you or did you see any of that stuff firsthand it's really no, come I'm... out it's really come out now with some of the stuff like in yeah. the leagues that uh, it's been in the news and that kind of thing but you you didn't no, but I mean, I, you know, I'd heard all kinds of things from various different people, right? And hearing yeah. some of these crazy stories, and yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it was any any huge secret. No. But uh, yeah, I I kind of came at it from the idea of you know visually, like the idea of the towel snap, and you know, kind of just feeding off of it from there and going into you know, kind of you know dudes you know goofing around like that in the locker room but then going to the extremes right right so next i wanted to play um a song that you did for for our compilation peanuts and corn factory seconds um because you were starting to be pretty productive at that time so on that compilation we ended up putting out uh like a different 
basically the Lego song was one of my favorite songs off Milton Allegra. So that we put out on um, the Factory Seconds. And then there's a, there's a Your Brother in My Backpack song, which there isn't that many Your Brother in My Backpack songs that were ever released, really, were there? That I'm that I know there, about. There would be well, officially released. I guess this would be that that would be the one cop soup from the factory seconds. And yeah. then yeah, I put out a, uh, a CDR slash tape called Ready to Roll. Right. And we released two Your Brother and My Backpack songs on that as well. Right. Um, which I might actually throw up on on the Bandcamp with permission from the from the homies. But yeah, that's a good. Um, that's a good one. There's some good songs. There's some good Yai songs. Some of my favorite Yai songs that I didn't produce are on that. On that. Oh man. That, yeah, that, that was a great. That was a great, great, great project. But yeah, so those are those are probably the three in existence that that are that are out there to some degree. Yeah. Um, very, very minorly out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we also did a solo song, um, and this song's called Sister to a Mother. So why don't we listen to that, and then you could tell us. Certainly you're writing. Um, you're, you're not shy about saying what's on your mind, for sure. And what uh, it's very interesting. I want to uh, talk about it, but let's have a listen. Come on, Mary. You are <laughs> of the power cord. She has a storage place for documents and information a mile long. Since orientation 30 years ago and not running strong. We agree somewhat. I'm like they need to get the fuck off the throne and she reacts. This is 30 years thrown out of the window. Imagine that picture. Believing all along she was a fixture. Devoted to the ultimate feeling of litter. She's worked for the same fuck since my birth and I can see why she'd be bitter. I get along and work and steer it dearly for a pinner and finger. All this stresses the insister. She's a sister to a mother of a brother. This is Billy Bob Curl Curl Critter. That this was going to happen Broke out into a cold sweat in her hands Started clasping, clenching the name tag Unattentive to the dirty pinpoint And a ring, it's obvious She's fed up with a passion And wants to blow this joint Abolish the history of corporation Instead of cashing in 30 years later Arrives the log Either half is clogged with cause An outburst of emotion A soggy handkerchief for the mother of devotion Tried 25 years plus her fucking motivation Pushing as deep as the basement floor It's frustration and so much more Unexplainable than anything I've ever heard before First hand she looks to be shit on, another expendable slave to be spit on, replaceable like yours tail, she's just a fit on, the question is, how many people are in on, the president's to blame, I think the president's to blame, they stick their fat hand in the hat full of veterans name, cross somebody out like energy item ink stain, it's impersonal, the pain is not felt by the person who dealt and owns the death, 
plays the race card more than you'd expect. Drives a race car, plants to build a house on his deck. Claims to forget the 30 year bracelet, sign a severance check. We're all out of respect if you got a family. Sorry, but it's in the company's best interest to just part ways like this was a partnership. They count on one side of respect like an abusive relationship can get. When everybody wants to be dominant and be the one doing the pissing on top of all of the shit, yet anonymous and discreet. It's not Wall Street, but still competitive like a junior high school track meet where the powers just can't and won't be beat. The rest gets damn terminated by the cleat. The sheet hits the shredder and it's all for the better. And it's all for the cheddar. At the point of a nervous breakdown, she may sound. At the point of a nervous breakdown, he may sound. At the point of a nervous breakdown, you may sound. At the point of a nervous breakdown, we may sound. That's the gumshoe strut. That is sister to a mother. That's what that one's called. What's that about? Is that about your mother losing her job? That was about my mom dealing with dealing with a lot of stress at her job. That was at a time where I was still. uh, I think I had moved back home at that point. Um, I'd probably only been living away from home for I don't know, like half a year or something like that. But moved back home, and I know I was you know, probably not the, uh, the easiest to live with at that age. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, compounded on top of that, you know, my mom dealing with, with her, you know, career that she had been building for, you know, like close to 30 years and having a uh, boss that I guess that had been put into place and decided that they were picking a bone with her. And so just, you know, the stories that she would tell me frustrations that she would share and things like that. And so, I don't know, you know, I sat down one day and wrote this song, um, a song I'm very fond of actually, like looking back on it and, uh, you know, super proud of that one. Probably one of my favorite songs that I've ever made, to be honest. Wow. And so did you play it for her? What did she think? I did. I gave it to her as a Mother's Day uh, present one year, actually. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah, just, you know, DIY CDR'd it and packaged it up with the DIY packaging and everything like that. I gave it to her, but no, I mean, just the, I think, you know, like from a musical perspective, um, you know, that's, that beat was, you know, I I just always felt like that beat was fire and, uh, yeah, getting pretty descriptive with, uh, with the lyrics in terms of the imagery and things like that. So I was, you know, just super proud of that one. Well, we put that out in 2001, so you think like your Cornercraft demo was maybe two, maybe three years earlier. So that's a pretty, you know, pretty far to, to come in that period of time. I mean, not too bad. Yeah, well, that's just, yeah, that's just nothing but time hanging out in the basement, you know, <laughs> goofing around with, you know, different equipment that I'd, that I'd either rent or pick up along the way. And 
figure out how to how to do things i mean you know i've made beats not too long after that that you know i couldn't figure out how to get them to be in key and you know yeah things like that but that one just worked really well right yeah sometimes they just um they just line up for you and you're just like yes Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a beat you did for for John Smith. Um, this is from his uh, solo album debut called Blunderbuss. And um, I've got this listed as called fucking gas prices, but I think it's like effing gas prices are killing me or whatever his actual song title was. But this is the two of you. <laughs> uh, I believe you're on this track and then I know you produced this track. So let's have a listen. This yeah. is from uh, Blunderbuss. This is John Smith. Posse track out back, 750 double pumper, Edelbrock intakes, scored over 30, 11 to 1 pop up pistons, turbojet, 390 horsepower. We're talking some bucking muscle. I possess a purple 5 liter Mustang, rolling down Portage Avenue, and my sister must bang. When I see a beater with a rusted muffler hanging out the back and sparking, I'm cussing and barking, then dusting them like crankshaft and parking. Marking my territory in front of Burger Factory with shitty techno. Club Euro or MC Mario Maybe extend the mix I extend a mid to my boys We all rock shades on top Our hats and think it's the shit My flight jacket half unzipped And do Morier lit In unison we grab our crotches And spit then toss six Time to split in case anyone watches I'm keen on that lean and arm out the window And look mean posture that hypnotizes The ladies between 16 and 16 like Ravine That bike next to me unseen So I ain't giving no leeway Act like a freeway, joyriding and not giving a fuck Get Like a kid with a Tonka truck And you're stuck if you delivers pizza in a cold I'm beside you on my cell live with Dick Rivers Laughing at your ass cause my ride is quicker All you be seeing is my Calvin pissing on Chevy sticker As I stick the middle digit out from within And throw my king size drinking burger wrapper at you from out the window Nice fucking car losers Down. Yep. Setting up the next track, Smitty's always linking them together. Do you remember? <laughs> was that his idea or your idea for that song? That was actually a uh, 
if I recall correctly, a solo track prior to being uh, prior to having him on it. Oh, really? Um, that I, if I'm if I'm from recalling this correctly, I had that recorded by myself. Um, he heard it and thought it was pretty dope and wanted to jump on it because he liked the idea of you know calling out these goofy car guys and uh yeah so yeah and they ended up you know i guess fitting the concept of the album you know blunderbuss or in transit right yeah so so yeah he uh he he asked to jump on it we we recorded that um you know listening back to that one uh you know we were talking a few minutes ago about things not working right in terms of you know mixing sounds and stuff like that yeah. that would be one of those ones you know we brought in that second sample and it just you know listen back to it it's a little hard on the ears um but that what came actually as a result uh i think i realized when i was making that beat originally there was a different sample in there and uh i realized that it was actually something that you sampled and so right. I actually had to took ticket out, um, just oh, wow. you know, at a fair, you know, just not to not to be uh, taking taking samples that were used, and so that was the rework of it, and you know, not not as happy with it, but it ended up being what it is. But that, it's a fun song, yeah. Regardless, like the the whole idea of using that dazed and confused sample and everything like that, I thought was pretty uh, pretty fun. Yeah, it was funny. Super fun to play live too. Um, so then now it's time to, you're working on your first solo album as the gumshoe strut. Um, what can you tell me about, you know, when you started writing it and what you were thinking? I think I was, I mean, throughout all this other, like throughout towel snap and throughout, uh, gas prices, sister Ode to a mother, I, I was working on the solo album, um, putting songs together and things like that. And so I probably had different iterations of it the collection of songs that were going to be on it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was just, it started coming together and the idea of clockworks sort of just worked out with the, with the, with, with the concept because all the songs were sort of dealing with this idea of like time and angst and yeah, just, you know, dealing with everyday life and the rush of everything and things like that. And yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, looking back on that album, super, super, super fun. Apart from my newest one, I would say it's probably my my favorite of mine. Right. Um, and so then, I'm going to play a song off it. But so we, you put the album together, and then uh, we talked about putting it out. And I heard your story on the <laughs> Witch Police podcast. I don't remember too much about that, but maybe you could tell that story again. Although people should go and listen to your Witch Police podcast, they're definitely worth a listen. It was very good. Um, but I don't remember our dealings. I know I ended up um, putting it out just as a as your label on your label, um, yeah. your brother's records. But what can you remember about that? No, I, you know, I remember um, you know getting to the point of getting ready to put it out, and you know we had obviously been you know forming like a, a working relationship in terms of being featured on uh, various projects factory seconds everything like that and i guess when it was time to put out this solo album i think i maybe i don't know if i like shopped it to you or whatever it might have been but you kind of presented this the idea of releasing it 
from my recollection on PNC as a PNC release mm-hmm. or doing it as a uh, what, what we called the PND deal so um, you know you would uh, manufacture distribute it and you know I would be responsible for promoting and all that kind of stuff right uh, so I was kind of dead set on you know building this your brother's records thing and trying to see what I could you know put together in terms of, you know I had this stable of guys that I was working with at the time and with your brother in my backpack and everybody was sort of working on solo stuff and I had songs that were you know starting to be informed with Danny I had uh, songs that I was working on with Ness and aspirations to work on uh, songs with Joe and different iterations of all this stuff with Milch and Allegra and so on and so forth so kind of wanted to build this uh, your brother's brother's records thing but so chose that path and that's that's what we did I mean in retrospect no, I didn't really, I had no idea how to promote a record or what the hell I was doing. Right. I think you gave me a list of college radio stations to send it out to. And I think I sent it out to a few and right. didn't really know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's check this song out. This is called Let's Talk Trash. This is from Clockworks, your first solo album. And this features uh, Gruff, who is uh, a great guy to have on a record. No question. Let's check it out. Down the lane, there's stray cats with full body fish bones in their grass. Inside the reading, they're dinner, getting the styrofoam plate passed. With a plastic fork in the road, they seem to choose disposable. So you can slam dunk your junk. That glad garbage bag is easily closable. They got fancy cans that open the nose to pull on. Like double bag, they show a full out effect on television. For you to go off, take hints from when nuclear waste blows off our water. I think you hit the smoggy boat, poke your head up with a knife point, you could cut clear through the foggy coat, poke your head up through a circle with a finger tisk and no, there's a solution to the pollution, a solution to the pollution, yeah you know the execution of business that creates the pollutants, it's almost a waste of time, a waste of breath, a waste of what little life I have left. Living with all this hefty on my chest Pictures of the ugly duck with a six-pack ring around its neck How can I settle in? It's like an earthquake's been meddling If Winnipeg is the shitter, then it's the auto bin Well, they rock automatic, our attitude leader's peaking And I don't know what it's about, but there's toxic Avengers sneaking And they insist to use their colors when their nose Blowing their nose, blowing red around the edge It's snowing right like Kleenex The receptacle detects and knows more about you than you Your extended bill for phone sex and your old game of Clue The shitty underwear, you're embarrassed, no wonder wonderful never stares We each waste like there's pairs of us Much less share a common respect or a girth arrived in a predated flyer promoting free speech hosted by Grub. It's like a hit and run, sticking some with the mission of a villain. Can't listen, filling my dish, stomach fits billions. Chips, chocolate, octopus, optimum capacity is infinity. Asking me to finish is like killing the Star Wars trilogy. Taking yours and yours when I pour forth the pillaging. Eroding forest floors, which I'm stealing for reality. Healing me is like healing the earth, but it gets even worse. I've been accused of barbecuing my own girth, but it don't hurt. But the oven's up to temp, so it's my cover. Cooking up a stench with the scent of artificial ingredients that leaves you bent. Hence the ass backward, glass shattered, source my tattered, scattered resources sported in between the fence in my backyard. Torn and ragged, 
added toxicity to my activities. Filling land with rubber bands as I bounce back with bad publicity. Classic bag distributing, paper towels disposed of quickly. Chipping away at the planet's rock now shows I'm sickly. Finding my whereabouts in the house of every careless louse. Where I'm about to cause mischief with the swiftest but hairless mouse. Who feeds off the sickness of poor me real kill, dead chihuahuas, flea collars and sawdust. And a touch of urine to serve this product. God, it's hot in here. Temperatures rising as I profiteer. Caught my bad thoughts like CFCs in the atmosphere. Global warming, storm warning, causing fear like hornets swarming. Growing into the future, trying to find solutions that aren't too boring. That is uh, Let's Talk Trash featuring Gruff. I like Gruff's person there. Yeah, he, he gets really intense on that one. That's good. <laughs> so was that, uh, do you remember if that was your idea, that track, and then he just jumped on or how that came about? Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been my idea. And then, uh, you know, getting him to jump on this track or us, you know, presenting the idea and us sitting down and working on the idea together. Right. And so Clockworks comes out, and um, how does it do for you? Are you happy with uh, the reception it gets? Does it get some reviews? Are you getting good feedback? Uh, you know, I mean, again, like, didn't really know how to get it out there. I know that, you know, you you obviously, you know, stepped in at certain points and sent it out to some places that you had connections with and things like that, or sending it out with other uh, records that you might have been sending out. Um, so I know there was, you know, a couple reviews that i recall hearing you know some favorable some you know a little bit more uh, critical uh but none terrible or you know scathing i guess you could say right um but you know definitely some that you know i i, I always took pointers from just in terms of you know talking about uh, varying up flow and you know trying to you know take my make my voice more distinctive in certain spots and you know varying up the delivery and things like that so i think that's that's something that i carry carried forward um definitely a lot more you know in recent years but yeah i mean i had a lot of fun with that album i i got the opportunity to obviously tour western can or actually all canada with you guys yeah. with the pmc crew uh big tour that you guys did from toronto all the way over to victoria and i remember you know opening up for a lot of those shows getting really good receptions with the crowds you know even having some people know lyrics to my songs singing along so that was mind-blowing to yeah. have that happen right um that really didn't even happen in our own hometown so that was pretty cool yeah it's a good feeling of you know, we went 
that's probably not the first tour we did, but our first tour across the country would have been not much ahead of that, maybe a year or two. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like, holy shit, where did these kids even hear of us? Yeah. And how do they know? Yeah, our, how do they know the words to our songs? It's crazy. It's good yeah, feeling. I think it was Calgary, and you know, we have like. I don't know, 200, 250 people and, you know, right up to the stage and, you know, seeing like pockets of people just like rapping along. It's like, what is going on right now? Yeah. But so inspiring, right? Like to just, just keep throwing down. Uh, okay. So let's get to uh, the next record that came out on your brother's records, which was Satchel Page. Um, we knew him as Ness, and then he became Satchel Page, and then became Nestor Windrush. Um, so we figure we'll play this song. This is called Dwight York. And we think there might be some guests on here as well, but we're not sure because the CD doesn't list any guests. Uh, so let's check it out. This is Dwight York by Satchel Page, produced by the Gumshoe Strut on your brother's records. The burn light, the burn light, the burn light, the burn light. Three grab mics, three hold tight. Three perspectives, yo, the take It's like, like time was created to block the stillness Even though the days change, the rotation stays the same When I came, it was 1975 Now I'm dying to survive in this once-in-a-lifetime experience As I experiment, learning new truths By the seconds, questions answered through each experience I'm invisible to the naked eye That's why my outer shell describes my earthy features We are creatures under the sun's light That heats this large rock who helps support life I'm involved in the unsolved mystery His story, Hoping that one day I will understand My thoughts are blocked Behind these industrial bars made of steel My feet bleed on the concrete I feed for green grass and a hassle-free surrounding Wanting to unbound these chains But the keys beneath my skin As darkness covers a multitude of sins I try to stay inside the light that shines within This is the burn light Screaming on the black lights Dreams escape and they burn bright Three grab mics Three hold tight, three perspectives, yo, they take flight. The burn light, the burn light, the burn light, the burn light. Three grab mics, three hold tight, three perspectives, yo, they take flight. Climax night. Via IX, Amsterdam, could have been fine or Rotterdam. See the anonymous cops crowd, it's hopeless. Small time sneaks through adrenaline rush. You lied in underworld, now lies in undercurrent. Verdicts falling, skies forever showing. Nigerian flowing in harbors are holding. Saga prop frozen, pushes coals like gullet. Chocolate chilled, industry bullet. Flashbacks, middle class poverty, accent present. Climb ladder, tongue gains English essence. Eric Williams, licking Big Ben's balls. Dwight York pissing on old traffic's walls. West Indy breath, this is colonial death. Toast and comfort, then you provide to others. Barrels of apparel shipped to endless summers, shipped to endless summers, shipped to endless summers. I've been railroad tied with a nail through the eye and a chipped tooth embedded in my shoulder. Though the cold rains won't stain my pants, I watch elephants drown in the tears of ants. Inhabitants persist to dance, hypnotized by bioluminescent eyes on the graves of the innocent. Here lies the insignificant footprints in the path of the sycophant. Tell me again how it'll work out in the end if it ain't legitimate. Titillate my mental state, please. Inundate with endorphic breeze, blown in from whence the great ocean flees in the shadows of giants that can't be seen. 
seen Who once roamed their dreams now found forced to their knees Weakened by the disease of time Confined in the mind of the species who no longer needs Survival is a means to justify the end To justify the trend contorted into induced dead ends Where atrophied souls are stacked high in an enormous fortress Where sentinels with crude smiles guard a freedom fighter's attempted catharsis Whose wild antics began with the scent of a carcass When the light emitted from the breath of a Zen monk chant Uncovered the muffled stamp of a tribal dance Suspended in the event of darkness This is the burn light screaming on the black lights Dreams escape and they burn bright Three grab mics Three hold tight, three perspectives, yo, they take flight. The burn light, the burn light, the burn light, the burn light. Three grab mics, three hold tight, three perspectives, yo, they take flight. The burn light, the burn light, the burn light, the burn light. That's uh, Dwight York. That's Satchel Page, aka Nestor Windrush. That's from Guy. I'm from here, and um, produced by Gumshoe Strut. Do you? I am because I can't see any guests on this uh, on the CD. Are you on the CD as a rapper? Nope. Nope. So no guest spots from me in terms of uh, in terms of rapping. But uh, but you you produced the bulk of the record. And um, do you remember working on that record and uh, enjoying it, or how, how was it? Yeah, no, it was a lot. Of, it was actually a, a lot of fun. Um, Ness is always super receptive to uh, beats and ideas from me, and so it was it was super cool to work on. You know, he would come over, we'd hang out, record some of these songs. You know, I mean, there was definitely a lot of re-recording process uh, with Elliot, like you know not being happy with certain uh, certain verses here and there and things like that but you know that's i think normal frustrations of being the person you know behind the boards recording but yeah it was a super fun record to make and just think his lyrics and his you know he's just so much passion in in in, in his music that it's just it was super super fun to to get behind in terms of you know building the beats and trying to build this build this soundscape for the album and do you remember where you recorded it was it at, at your at your place or yeah it would have been at my uh well i think we recorded some pieces at my place and i believe you recorded uh, a good chunk of it at uh, cut downs as well okay yeah um and so as far as producing versus rapping do you have any preference at this point are you thinking are you all in on both or are you thinking about doing one over the other or anything like that you ever have any of those thoughts these days no at that time oh at that time uh i know i think at that time it was just like i was you know i had i had beats more beats than i could do anything with and so 
like I said, you know, I wanted to do albums with all these guys. I, you know, I wanted to be prolific in terms of being able to produce albums for others, being able to produce albums for myself, pull together some crew albums and things like that. Um, some of which we achieved, some of which we didn't. But yeah, it was just, I don't know. I mean, I didn't necessarily have a preference or anything like that. I was just making music, right? Right. Um, and so next, I want to talk about the. Yai's first record, which was an EP that I um, talked to him about doing, and we decided uh, collectively that we would do, I would produce half and you would produce half. So it was called Hold the Fort Down, and it came out, I think, in 2004. And um, I want to play a track from that, which is his sort of self titled track. It's called Yai. It's kind of got a circusy kind of beat. Let's check this out. This is Yai by Yai, produced by the Gumshoe Strut. You change the order of who's first, always up for reversing He's the last to be called, that's unless you see call me Pick last, it's unless I beat y'all at b-ball I'm Big Y, Little Y, often known as Big Y, Big Y Though I think I could take somebody out with just a stink eye Threatening tapes you just don't get to find That's backed by simplistic rules that we live behind Hope was dope, held on to interest when it died Still stuck in the 30s, we do the three minute side Working with mentality that's faded, just faded Rappers didn't want to sound dated, but dated Coming fresh is us It's your brother with a paunch In the front and a poncho to cover No, it's not a problem though I can live with providing no brain Material in battles Cause I didn't opt for Rogaine Who needed their mother? Yeah. Passing hard glare To kids whose cars aren't theirs And knock them out with their beaded chair cover yeah. When I go attic, go attic Go lock me in the attic No, you lock me in the basement like Attica yeah. Young and misunderstood Soon to be old and misrepresented And Zenit sent my face to the Vatican yeah. Yeah. I get voted for Prez Pope And win it automatic You got yeah. I confused You got guy confused with someone else I'm gonna light the fuse I'm gonna light the fuse in someone's house Your brother in my backpack Often known as my brother's in your backpack I was born in the month of the fat back And now, often broke for 10 days where my check's gone Never picked a bad beat, never did a sex song Drag you into it like Kazakhstan I wrap around a beat like I was plastic, man We're crazy, pull up and have a child with no physician I do what I feel, plus I'm making a transition in hallways And I know, just from walking through hallways Some people you touch, some people you do, but in small ways But watch your back or you'll get dumped on like Geronimo You look for mom like the rest, guy I'll make you wanna know Who needed their mother? Yeah! hard glare to kids whose cars aren't theirs And knock them out with their beaded chair cover Yeah! When I go attic, go attic, go lock me in the attic No, you lock me in the basement like Attica yeah. Young and misunderstood, soon to be old and misrepresented And Zenit sent my face to the Vatican yeah. Yeah, I get voted for Prez Pope and win it automatic even though I rhyme erratic I manage to run past with just a little bit of static I show up to the showdown and throw down Indeed, even if I'm suffering a slight slowdown For weeks, I don't know if the show is mine Unless you're open-minded You don't get an ounce of respect from the people I reside with I got a paint can full of red paint And it'll ruin ya, I ruin ya Just like you was a petunia That's down to size The only gloves that they found were guys I smoked a lot, but I remember it faintly My shears are sharp, so you can never contain me I casually mention it to the megaphone You can try, I'll never die, but yeah, I can't live on egg alone I wonder, wonderment, who's a mama's boy under it, I wonder But to ask a question isn't wondering Fuck, who needed their mother? Yeah! Cast hard glares, kids whose cars aren't theirs And knock them out with their beaded chair cover Yeah! When I go, attic, go, attic, go, lock me in the attic No, you lock me in the basement like Attica Yeah! 
been misrepresented Must send it to my base of the Vatican Yeah, I get told it's a press pope and win it automatically That is Yai by Yai, and that is from Hold the Fort Down, which was an eight-song EP that came out in 2004. It's four songs produced by the Gumshoe Strut and four songs produced by McEnroe, and then there's one song by the Gumshoe Strut with the Gumshoe Strut, and there's one song by McEnroe with McEnroe. It's a very it symmetrical. Very it's a very <laughs> symmetrical release. And uh, it's a good release, too. Boy, he's good, isn't he? Oh, man, that guy. He is uh, one of my dearest friends and such such an amazing rapper. It's it's so like you know he he's funny. He you know when he wants to be he can you know he can nail a concept and get so involved in it and it's just it's it's unbelievable yeah. the things that like that end up coming out of that guy. So you guys did. We're gonna play a lot of stuff where you you guys work together just because I think you guys are a real good combo. But uh, so obviously you did Milton Allegra together, and then you know this Yai thing comes out. But next um, is Turn the Gun, which is what is Turn the Gun? Why is Turn the Gun different than Milton Allegra? Why did you? What's what's different? I think well, I mean Milton Allegra is never. I don't. I don't think it was ever a group name or anything like that. It was just the Milch and Allegra EP. We just came up with this name for, for the EP. Um, so when we finally decided we were going to, you know, follow that up with a, with an album together, you know, we decided we needed to come up with a name for our little subgroup. Uh, so I think Danny proposed the name, turn the gun and, you know, we both kind of nodded in unison, and that came to be as the as as the name going forward. And then we brought uh, DJ Cutdown in the fold. I had uh, kind of formed a relationship with Cutdown at the time. Uh, we started sort of working on early foul tone uh, stuff in terms of um, you know starting to work together on putting out music. Um, so naturally he fit as a as a dj would have fit as a producer but you know we were already sort of like far within the talks and everything of you know kind of getting the album started that you know like i just had this 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 idea that i wanted to you know produce our album yeah um always wanted to you know from the beginning and so you know like now's the chance and so i you know i kind of kind of i guess pulled veto and uh, kept it for myself right. um except for the few tracks that you you produced but from what i do remember is that you also offered to uh produce that album as well um Possibly, or showed interest yeah. in doing so yeah um and i think it was it was the same response <laughs> yeah so i just keep turning you down um <laughs> in a weird way which is super odd um to, to think about in retrospect but yeah i think it was just we really wanted to or i really wanted to you know hold on to that and work on that album together like it was just something that i that i look forward to yeah i mean everyone does music for their reasons and at our level we're doing it for the reasons of you know because it's how we want to do it and what we want to do so yeah exactly it's the right it's the right answer for sure 
Um, and so I'm just a little fuzzy on Foul Tone versus your brother's records. Like, were you part of Foul Tone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, basically, that was a point where it was like, Cut Down and I had started, you know, hanging out a lot and talking a lot and decided, okay, well, we got um, my, you know, our record. Like, so me and Danny were working on this uh, Turn the Gun record. Uh, Cut Down was, you know, going to be, you know, he was doing a lot of DJing for us at the time. So naturally, he was going to be the DJ for the record. Um, Rob Crooks, back then known as Grubs, was hanging around a lot as well, and you know that would have would have been a, another release that we would have been looking at uh, following up. And I believe Cut Down did follow up with a Grubs release yeah. um, on Foul Tone, but at that point I had moved away actually. So Turn the Gun happened. We we got that out there on Foul Tone. It was the first release. We did a 12 inch for it. We yeah. you know we followed up with the full length album. And not too long after that, probably within six months, I ended up moving out to Vancouver. Right. And uh, so the work on Foul Tone directly kind of just, you know, fizzled out at that point. Um, and, you know, they sort of carried on and carried the torch with Foul Tone becoming, you know, the new iteration with uh, like, you know, involving people like Ismala and Mikel Rondo and Grubbs was a big part of that, obviously. And like did Pip, did Pip do an album for Foul Tone? Like, was Pip did? Pe- Pip did. I think worst? that was a little bit later. Um, yeah. But yeah. Got it. Right. 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 Okay. So well, he did. He did, uh, he did Skid Row. That was the big one from Foul okay. Tone that, that right. DJ Cut Down produced, and I, I believe that might have been. I'm not sure if it was a partnership with Marathon of Dope or if it was just Foul Tone, but it was definitely Cut Down produced and Foul Tone. Right. Heavy. Right. Right. Okay. Um, okay. I want to play this song. I love this song and I'm sorry this is this one of the songs that I did produce on the Turn the Gun, but I just love it. I just want to play it. It's got That's a great beat. It's got uh, our, our good friend John Smith and you guys are on it and it's called Moods Are Seasonal and um, I've always loved this song. So let's play it. This is uh, Turn the Gun. Check this out. Ride with me. Frustration to get my point across while the car plays Chicken and traffic with me pissed off In a defensive panic only giving the option to cause it my objections It's like one minute I'm down the road to correction And the next in a flash I'm a mess I stress over work and just walk into the bus Burst into tears after the cops prove corrupt A poor room of the filth, apartment building blocks Match that sky, not what sidewalk in every shade that we work with Combine the cool color with a watered-down dirt drip Whoa, shit talk is a reason to catch your ass You'll be nowhere to be seen like a decent patch of grass Know how to act, stay, only if you're ready Not if not, don't bring out your inner city When the homeless got their hands out like the homies If I'm rich, I'll pull out a five nice and slowly That's authentic, it ain't contrived and phony That's the kid's love Got it, that's why these bothers kicks ain't an insult I'm honest, if I can't help, till they help me I got you next time when the squirrel is friendly Honest. I feel like the king of the sidewalk I chill, get high, talk, and build with real size blocks Moods are seasonal like humans regional You don't believe me? Moves to prove the theory feasible Moods are seasonal like humans regional You don't believe me? Moves to prove the theory feasible Moods are seasonal like humans regional You don't believe me? Moves to prove the theory feasible Moods are seasonal like humans regional You don't believe me? Moves to prove the theory feasible 
most streets are great Except for streets and areas that have lots to see They're all stained and tarred up Yuppies keep their guard up and head down Most of the inhabitants are hard up Though this is the New York, it's still an apple The stem gets brushed off like shut your gap hole, please In winter we freeze, you can tell a lot about a place by what grows on its trees This winter depression is the yearly fuss There's no leaves even possible while you're hearing me cuss I hate this shit with a passion I hate it, the city's wearing me down Swiped like a debit card, straight faded And I can't stay concentrated Cause this whole entire life is seeming automated They're creating a monster through the massive pressure Feeling deserted cause they work it for their benefit and pleasure I still find awe in the cityscape This the place, fixing to stay while y'all visiting lakes These bugs don't bug me, I'm my grill with a wave And these thugs don't fuck with me, won't misbehave We've been to praise, skipping work on the sickest days Binging blaze, cigs and herbs in a twisted J Winnipeg, 7-Eleven nachos Hellish potholes and squeegee kids and smelly ponchos uh, Moods are seasonal like humans regional You don't believe me? Moves to prove the theory feasible Seasonal like humans regional, you don't believe me? Move to prove the theory feasible. Move to seasonal like humans regional, you don't believe me? Move to prove the theory feasible. Move to seasonal like humans regional, you don't believe me? Move to prove the theory feasible. wanted to play that song for people because it's a monster that beat is out of control that is uh that that sample or whatever that is that rides the beat out at the end there yeah that guitar that is so McEnroe (laughs) (laughs) it's just yeah but that 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 beat is you gave us some crazy beats for that album you gave us three three guys sound great uh, bangers all three of you sound great on that track it's a really good one so did you guys so you did the old you did the pip skid where you put out a record and moved away he's done that to me several times so you put out turn the gun and then you moved to vancouver so did you tour it or did you what happened i mean we you know we obviously gave it a strong push uh you know back you know here in winnipeg and we uh did a nice big release party well attended a lot of fun and then i believe we did a couple mini you know local circuits basically around uh saskatoon i think calgary um i'm not sure if we did edmonton or not but we would have did that little a little quadrant or whatever you want to call it yeah and uh and and then so why did you move to vancouver uh, at the time i mean i moved there with the girl i was dating at the time just thought it was you know an opportunity to try something different you know i mean i wasn't really like tied down to anything you know job wise or anything in winnipeg so took the opportunity to move out there and just you know venture into new waters just live somewhere different i mean all i knew was winnipeg right i'd never even actually like traveled anywhere significant in my life i mean i i had gone to visit my dad once in new york for a week and you know didn't really spend a lot of time sightseeing or anything like that so 
yeah, it was just the opportunity to do something different. So I did. Do you remember how long, uh, how long were you in Vancouver? Uh, two years, two years, almost to the month. Yeah. And then you went, did you go back to, to Winnipeg? Yeah. I retreated back to Winnipeg. Um, you know, obviously things didn't work out with the, with the girl that I was with. And I spent, I think another six to eight months, uh, just, you know, living in a place down in uh, downtown Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, it's expensive and, (laughs) you know, just hard to, I mean, I, you know, I didn't, I hadn't been to school at that point. I didn't have any career type of, you know, job that I was lined up or anything like that. It was just hard to, and I didn't really have much friends. Like, you know, all my closest friends were back in Winnipeg. I had a couple people that I hung out with, you know, periodically. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going home. <laughs> Did you at that time um, keep in touch with General Gist? Like it w- last I heard, he was in Victoria. Is he st- was he there at that time? Were you seeing him at all? Or I saw him probably like twice throughout the two years that I was <laughs> right. there. So not a lot. Um, our, our good homie uh, Murray John Smith's uh, or Joe's uh, younger brother, he uh, came out to visit once, and we we all met up at the at the to Watson. Uh, area and drove down to seattle to watch a sonics game right and yeah that was that was a pretty fond memory but yeah beyond that i didn't yeah it's one of the two times that i think i saw him while i was out there <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah, i know um all right so i want to play a few years later obviously i guess you're back in winnipeg at this point and um our good pal yai is working on a finally a full-length solo album and um, Four Peanuts and Corn. So w- he gets you on this song. I think you might be on a couple songs, but I, I was gravitated to this song, which is uh, with you, Yai, and Pip Skid all together on this one. And I remember getting the verses and then kind of chopping them up. Like, I think they were all set up as straightforward verses, and then I kind of messed them around and chopped the verses up to give it more of a back-and-forth feel, and I ended up really liking this song. This song is called The Gambler. Um, so let's check this out. Drums 
start rambling People must think I'm so dumb to keep battling No routine and no sleep paddling Now who cuts on. the deck and who cuts the cheese And just for the record, got monopolies Come on, on the real, not possibly And if you can't see the light, then it's not to be Keep moving, do it on the constantly And keep running till the end is the apostrophe Got a card up your sleeve, no honesty I find it hard to believe, huh? pardon me Leave and move on This is where I place my bet Rap is the reason why I'm chased by debt I'll pick it every time and it taste is test Stick around and rhyme until I'm late to rest Now keep moving through the math Proceed with motion, proceed with caution Like the cheaper the notion You gotta know when to fold And when it's win, lose or draw And you gotta keep moving along Now leave and move on Leave and move on There's people who wanna see you fall Leading you on, you need to prove wrong guitar playing yeah, that was dope um <laughs> did did you do the, the was that you messing with like the the, the keep it moving that broke up the four bars or was that like yeah. something danny like added or was that you sampling kind of his yeah, one time saying it and, yeah 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 that's cool um definitely help yeah i ended up liking that song a lot and i love that album it's called tape it back together um you know 15 track album so lots lots there but um really fun to work with danny as you know um i want to uh i want to kind of do an audible here because i'm kind of looking at what we got coming up with the with the songs and i kind of skipped over kind of a period so i want to play um i want to talk about an album that you did in 2010 called too long in the tooth ep and i want to play a song maybe if you're cool with it the song with bird of prey um unless you have something you'd rather play no, no, no. That's a good song. Please, by all means. All right. So let's play this song. Um, this co- song is called The City. Which city? I'm not sure, but I'll let you tell me once we uh, once we listen to it. <laughs> this is The City featuring Bird of Prey. This is Gumshoe Strut from the Too Long in the Tooth EP.
eyes are everywhere, hands are hard porous things that fill you up in dark corners. The city's optimism's a bit hubristic, its population is the most fatalistic. The city thrives on crushed hearts and broken lives, it dives in face first and opens wide. The city always colors in between the margins, full of movie villains and textbook artists. The city snickers to itself, cries and screams, leaps through the alarm as it lies in dreams. The city tries so hard and still can't win with its holy crosses and garbage bins. The city waits for strangers to entrap until the floods take the city from off the map. The hammer and the bell, the chatter and the yells, the shatter and the shells. So many hideous sights during the day Plus it ain't pretty at night You see the pain, the struggle, the puddle, the drain Face down in the dumps without a voice to complain Annoyed with the same old story and song Without the means to support or keep pushing along Some will beat you down if you look at them wrong And some are too zoned out or too stoned to get it on From the break of dawn until the dusk And if you catch the drift, you get a gust But it feels like it sucks Everybody trying to poach the ivory tusk Keeping them busy for the time being Tying them up It's all designed to blow up It's all designed to go boom It's all designed to keep your child like Now go to your room The city's a cartoon Everything exaggerated Everything is overblown Everything is animated oh. It says that uh, your production is flushed out by murder and gnarly. It's murder. That is that uh, Murray. Yeah, that's murder, and that's him on that beat. Oh, he made that beat. He made that beat. That's pretty. That's some gnarly guitar too. Who's gnarly? Yeah. Uh, gnarly, I believe that's Darko's brother, if I'm not mistaken. What? Darko has some, a brother? Or I don't know. And he some, calls somebody, himself gnarly. Somebody related to Darko, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. It's been it's been years, and you know what we, I don't. I'm not even sure. Like we might have met once or twice, but he he gave me a couple beats for uh, for that album. And Darko's brother, Darko's wood brother, or some relative. <laughs> yes, <laughs> gnarly. Let's just, we'll just gnarly. say gnarly. Gnarly. Yeah. Darko, yeah. if you're listening, give me the scoop. Um, I think he's listening. Hey, uh, okay, so that's cool. So that comes out and you put it out on Marathon of Dope, which um, maybe you can explain better than I can. What's Marathon of Dope? It was Pipskid and Tom from Belgium. Yeah. So, so early... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, early on, um, it was actually like I was living with Pipskid at the time. When I, when I moved back to Winnipeg, I uh, lived at home for a couple months and then ended up moving in with uh, Bird of Prey and, and Pip were living together at the time. And they okay. had a room open up in the place. So I ended up moving in with those cha- with those cats. And um, yeah, Marathon of Dope. Pip had, I guess, kind of forged this uh, relationship with, with Tom and we're talking and talking about doing this, this, this thing where this crazy new idea where you give your music away for free. Yeah. Um, you know, free download or whatever it might be. And so 
we were going to create this thing where we uh, you know just got our music out got it online and 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 gave it away pay what you pay what you want kind of model and they brought me into the fold um just knowing that you know i had you know really no home in terms of where i was housing my music specifically at the time so right. yeah we, we started off with that so i think i released um there was a one there was an earlier release than that it was called sidewalk i believe it was like a nine song ep okay as well that i put out i think it was like 2008 um and then yeah so the the too long on the tooth was was the next one that i had put put out and probably the last official project that i put out for quite some time right um cool and then um so and you're still playing shows around town touring still maybe or not really touring no i mean i think i had played saskatoon and regina around that time a few times but not really touring you know what i mean just going for the weekend and playing a couple shows where we could and how was it living with bird of prey and pip's kid in a in a house in uh (laughs) was in wolseley or in that area right or yeah yeah it was a house in wolseley i was i mean it was it was a lot of fun chaotic at times (laughs) um you know kind of daunting at others i guess you could say <laughs> a little intimidating sometimes you know depending on who's uh who's having a having a mood right but you know it was, it was a lot of fun i mean i think you know with the whole marathon of dope thing and everything like pippy was you know pretty inspired at the time in terms of doing stuff for himself yeah um so you know he had that whole pip donahue thing going on and pip's kid and you yeah. know all, all those projects that were coming up around that time and tom came to visit i believe around the same time and so you know bird was you know up in his attic room area just plugging away on crazy music as well yeah so it was a pretty pretty interesting and creative household at the time cool um the next thing i wanted to play was uh you produced a record for gruff maybe a few years later um and i want to play a song from it called passengers of time so let's check this song out and then you can tell me a little bit about producing uh i guess it's an ep it would be an EP, seven songs, yeah. Yeah, so let's check this out. This is Gruff the Druid, produced by Gumshoe Strut. We take life, and life like patterns. Life like we dice and splice, life like atoms. Wave like travel, make sight unravel. Change like gradual, chase it quite like animal. Predatory, end of story, guilt me, I did it. Warmed up the globe, could have sworn I had a spigot. Guilt free, I lived it, cell membranes intact. Pass, past the pathogens, pathetically relapse. See, maps were made, cause I figured I was here. This point in time along the line, I scribbled me so near. To grass blade tall enough to make me overact. And play like I could see without being on horseback. Where forged tracks through forced attacks, I'm born red with eagle heads. And breed black with seeds back to be born beneath the beds. Preceding future multitudes of tread with a generation's neck and a past to mortify. It's all too soon, one said she could have been about four or five. 
young enough to cry, but old enough to see the sky. You see the trees, they do have eyes, and the stones, they do have tears. As the stories have been told through unforgetful hymns for years, as the stories have been sold floor by floor into the sky, against the wind, scraping thin and atmospheric high, while passengers comply, the massive world flies. Beyond the speed of sound, yet we seem bound to lag behind. Our own concepts of why, why we can't control our size. Our own precepts of what makes earthly humans civilized. Well, it's the size we bit and the fact that we were groomed to chew. So in survival, it was natural, we were too consumed. Like any other crew or critter, limbs of bone, known to splinter on impact with two fruit of force. This is a natural human course, despite our mind, we've enshrined and made it vastly televised. Even the wise who evade and deny and make the tries to civilize. Like animals, breathing air, trying to contend. Hearts are pumping blood with brains too big for our own heads. We're earthly, ain't no spit, glands, or guts about it. Not that there's no mystery, but in this world we are rerouting it. We're earthly, with so much know-how we can't even know why. We take this world and love it in a way that makes it die. And to play up to the why, like a child with shining eyes. But display a great divide, with exceptional refine. Staging new impressions of our secular divine. Staging new inventions in molecular design. And today we'll serve our nation with perception beyond time. A quest that's beyond mine, and a breath beyond horizon stretching etched into our kind. But to say it's nice, it's not about being nice. Well, humans go on thriving and surviving, seeing why. Passengers of Time um, from Gruff. What's that? What's the album called again? Surface Area. Surface Area. So yeah. how was that to do? That was uh, 2015. Is that correct? Something like that? Five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a batch of beats that I just, I mean, I wasn't writing at the time. I, I had no, no, no spark to write anything. Wasn't working on anything, but I had, you know, I was playing with these beats and had him sitting there for a couple years and didn't know who to reach out to. And I think I ended up just reaching out to Gruff and being like, Hey, you want to work on a project? Mm-hmm. He was super receptive. I guess he was in between projects at the time. I, th- I believe he had just did a project with Tom from uh, marathon of dope. Mm-hmm. Um, Two cents squared, I think it was called. Yeah. And yeah, he was coming off of that. So I, I think he had, you know, a couple, a couple songs, that had no homes or beats or anything like that. And so we got together, started recording. Uh, at the time I was working at a, at a marketing agency and, it, and they had a basement and they had this weird, like, I don't know if it was like a wine cellar or what it was, but it was like this weird wooden, wooden cavern room that I just thought was 
awesome to be able to record it. And so I kind of treated it a little bit with some some foam and things like that. And we went down there and we would spend all Saturday afternoon, a few, you know, a few weekends in a row just recording these these songs. We, re- we recorded them a couple times after getting some demos. But yeah, it, was, it, it actually flowed really, really easily. I know, uh, <laughs> you know, Gruff can be a hard guy to get a hold of and hard guy to track down sometimes. Yeah. But for me, like, I don't know. We've always, I've always had this ease in getting him on stuff for some reason it's been great so yeah yeah nice yeah he's great to work with and uh so you enjoyed putting that out and then who put it who actually put out the record do you remember yeah so we would have put that out on marathon of dope okay. um, i think i you know i mean it'd been years since i had probably even talked to tom um just because it'd been four or almost five years since i put out uh, my last project yeah and so i think i just i knew they were still obviously doing stuff i mean I, you know keep up and watch what was going on and so i think i just reached out to him and asked about you know if he'd be interested and he said yeah of course and so we put it out uh you know as a release on marathon of dope same model that you know that that, that, that was there in the beginning right um yeah so no physicals ever existed but just digital and then I think Marathon of Dope kind of remodeled a bit. Um, so some of those, some of those albums, like my old albums and stuff like that, like they're not, you know, available on the site anymore. So I just started re-releasing them on band, my Bandcamp. So yeah, um, my my 2010 album Too Long in the Tooth. I had a little uh, remix EP that I did after that for Too Long in the Tooth called The Denture Clinic. Uh-huh. No new songs on that, but just remixes. And then, yeah, Surface Area, I just put that up uh, this past couple months ago with uh, with a nice little bonus track as well. So, that, yeah. Nice. And so recently you got the um, spark to start writing again. Had you not been writing since, like you mentioned, when you did the gruff stuff, you weren't writing. Have you really not been writing between then and now until, like, <laughs> until you got the urge again in, like, 2020? Yeah, I mean, I probably wrote, like four bars here four bars there things like that but just could never carry it forward and you know i'd come up with a clever line mark it down but just could never carry it forward and just i don't know just just wasn't wasn't happening yeah and so i just didn't make it a priority i didn't you know i mean i had you know 2015 was the same year that my uh, my son was born and so really wasn't you know focused on music at all yeah um that gruff album actually came out and we did the release party two weeks before my kid was actually born right and so it was almost perfect timing um in a sense and yeah so i didn't i wasn't messing around with much uh, i think until danny reached out to me uh about his upcoming project right um he was doing another album with you that was the une- uneven and uneven 11 album yeah and yeah he wanted to get me on a jam and i was like well i can see what i can come up with and that actually you know sparked a little bit of something and i was able to you know throw something down for that which i think turned out really really dope you want to listen to it let's let's listen to it it's a good one i, think I did a good setup there you did a perfect setup i i think you're on the payroll this is uh this is called problem solver this is from an uneven 11 by yai and uh featuring gumshoe strut this is a banger check this out students must completely understand the logic of problem solving and be able to provide a correct set of instructions don't be wait breathing after that don't seem right 
That's Problem Solver. That's Yai from Uneven 11 featuring the Gumshoe Strut. Um, so you wrote, he, he pulled you back in with his new album and you started writing again. And then 
you got the bug. Wow, well, tell us about this new record well, and getting. There's still a there's still a gap there. It wasn't like you wrote the next day. Yeah, he got me writing again, and then I didn't write again <laughs> uh, until until this year. Um, yeah, no. So basically, this year, earlier, uh, probably well, actually probably about December or November. Uh, my wife's cousin who makes beats, uh, Mike and nine had come through town uh-huh. and you know, one of, you can ask any, any, any of our homies and probably, you know, in their top five is Mike and nine. And my wife's cousin actually like reached out to him post show. Cause he just fell in love with him based on my uh my word and my advice to come to this show yeah and he reached out to him trying to get him on one of his beats and and he ended up achieving such a thing um got 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 him to be featured on track and then actually reached out to me and asked me if i wanted to hop on the song you know he's just showing a bit of appreciation to me for uh you know putting him onto this this artist right and so i said well uh, yeah i can't pass that up right like i mean I'll figure something out. So I only had to write a 12, figured it out, got got this verse on there. But just in writing that, I, you know, I started penning some other stuff and it actually ended up rolling into uh, me writing the, the lead and title track of my new EP. So the song is called Heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just the writing carried on from there and started getting a little more uh, adventurous with it in terms of ideas but also just kind of pouring out you know my experience over the years i think kind of is what the album is really yeah. um just talking a lot about uh you know some personal stuff and growth and you know in terms of both music but also personally in life things like that so yeah it got me right and got me got me going and now i have this this new project to unveil to the world very shortly Beautiful. Well, let's listen to a song. Uh, this song's called Plum, and this is from the Heartbeat EP from the Gumshoe Strut, which is dropping shortly. You could tell us where and how it's dropping, uh, but let's have a listen. Feelings fun, out of control with no hope 
and everybody's older Trying to be a soldier, the bolder, the tough Getting over the worst of the really bad stuff Rough patches, enough for the drastic Break you under pressure, now what's gonna happen? Cuts to the bone and the blood from the scratches Alone while you're crashing and nobody's asking About you, your passion, your heart, your mind carries the load Till you feel like collapsing, snapping apart Stretched to the limit and they laughing because they didn't have it as hard Tattered and scarred, candid and full disclosure You're feeling like a cancer at large Without a chance to recharge the chances You aren't capable to grasp but you're handed The cards that you dealt, your heart wants to melt Standing in quicksand and that's how it felt Sweltering heat, it's hard trying to reach the echelon And fight till the cycle's complete You're feeling bluer than a plum Purple when you plumb, full circle when you run down Hurting you numb That's Plum. That's a new gumshoe strut for you. I think that's the world premiere of it, only by the time it comes out, maybe not. But um, tell us about when it's coming out, where it's coming out, how it's coming out. Yeah, so I believe kind of set the date as September 9th. Uh, to release it, uh, it'll be available on my Bandcamp uh, as a digital release, but it'll also be uh, in CD form, limited run, as well as cassette form, limited run. So, uh, you know, there's not going to be many of each of those out there. So, yeah, definitely cop that. But my uh, the digital is, you know, something that it started off as, and I was just going to put it out there. But I ended up uh, talking to some of the homies, uh, DJ Chaps, Epic, um, you know, as I was starting starting to write all this stuff, they actually were putting together a uh, you know a little collective, I guess you could say, of of artists that were you know willing to help each other and and kind of all in a similar position. So that's called Saskatoon Folk Rap Records. So that's actually what what the imprint that it'll be coming out on. Not that it's uh, you know it's not like an official label or anything like that, but it's just a collective of dudes that are helping each other out in terms of putting this stuff out. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so it'll be out on CD and tape and then digital. September 9th. And do you, yeah. think, the, do you think the physical copies will be available September 9th? They will. The CDs I already have in hand. Uh, tapes, I believe, are in hand. Um, and, yeah, just about ready to go. But, yeah, we're just, we just want to do, like, a little bit of a lead-up to it. Um, start getting some stuff sent out to 
some places just to get a little bit of word of mouth i guess you could say see what we can generate and then yeah and then drop 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 it on them right on so that's the heart bdp the gumshoe struts back y'all after a bit of a hiatus we all do these hiatuses as we get older and we have children and they have real lives and bills to pay and all that so it's good to be making music again feels good doesn't it oh man it's the best it feels great no i uh you know and i feel like it's the best music that i that i've made just like i feel like taking the time off actually like i don't know what it is but things just kind of like all seem to make so much more sense even Uh just like you know understanding music and making beats you know and musically and then also just messing with flows when i'm writing just you know i I feel like it's all kind of just came together real nicely perfect uh, well, thank you very much for joining me. It was a lot of fun to go over your catalog and uh, and uh, point out some, some good stuff that you've been working on recently and all the way back going to when you're dropping gems over Ghetto Concept. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining me. I want to thank uh, UGS Mag for hosting this podcast and helping us get the word out about the, us weirdos from Winnipeg who uh, have been putting out music for a long time, so it's nice to have a bit of an audience there, so thank you to them. Got lots more good stuff coming up. I still am, fingers crossed, that Gruff's going to join me one of these days, and we're going to do one of these with him. I'm also hoping Neto Dario from Mood Ruff's going to join me. Got lots of other things planned. We got another one with Pipskid. Um, and so this whole series has been lots of fun, and we're almost to the end of it, but we still got some great stuff coming, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Once again, thanks, PJ, for joining me today. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for having me. So it was fun. Thanks, everybody, and have a good night.